and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. So blessed. I feel like if the book of Hebrews, you know where the Hebrews talks about all the great men of faith, if that was to be rewritten, I think Pastor Dave would definitely be listed in that because he is a great man of faith. And to hear this man war and stand and pray and declare is such a blessing to be under his ministry. And that's what he's really imparted into INC. So we are forever blessed because of him. I've got a story that we can all relate to this morning. A wife became quite concerned over her husband's declining health. His colour was very pale and lifeless and he had a terrible lack of energy for even to do the simplest task. After much proding and conjoling, she persuaded him to go to the doctor to find out what his problem might be. The doctor examined him carefully, ran a full battery of tests and demanded the exact nature of the man's... uh, Sorry, to determine the exact nature of the man's illness. After evaluating the test, he called the woman into his office to give his prognosis. Your husband is suffering from a rare form of anemia. Without proper treatment, he could be dead in a matter of just a few weeks. He informed the very anxious wife. He went on to say, however, it can be successfully treated with the right care and diet. With the proper course of treatment, I'm happy to report that you can expect a full recovery. The wife was very relieved and asked what kind of action was necessary. The doctor gave his prescription. You'll need to get up every morning and fix a complete breakfast of pancakes, eggs, bacon, etc. Make sure he comes home to a cooked lunch every afternoon and fresh break, break, baked bread and homemade soup. For dinner, prepare a meal of fresh salad, old-fashioned meats and potatoes, fresh vegetables, and perhaps a homemade pie or cake for dessert. Because his immune system is so compromised, you will need to keep the house meticulously clean at all times. It will also be important to keep his stress levels very low, so avoid any kind of confrontation or argument. The wife emerged from the doctor's office and with tears rolling down her cheeks, she faced her husband. The husband took one look at his wife and said very seriously, the news is bad, isn't it? What did the doctor say? With a choked voice, the sobbing wife told her beloved husband, I'm sorry, the doctor said you're going to die. I don't know if that has anything to do with my message, but I found it this week and I thought it was fantastic. So let's pray. Thank you, Father. God, we thank you for the amazing privilege to come again into your house today. Lord, to come amongst our brothers and sisters. Lord, to come around your table. Lord, just to to worship and honour you in this place today. So God, right now, We centre our thoughts, our affections upon you. Lord, we open our heart to whatever it is that you have to say to us this morning. Lord, my prayer is that your words would pierce the hearts of your people this morning. 
Lord, let my words, the words of man, simply drop to the ground. Father, we thank you for your love and your goodness to each and every one of us, Lord. In your precious name, amen. Well, our last month or so of messages that Josh and Christian, oh my gosh, have both been preaching have resonated with me greatly. And uh, for those of you that are a part of my small groups during the week, you've probably heard a lot of this because I've been hashing over it because I really think that um, God's kind of pushed the repeat button for me and he's gone, keep going, keep going, keep digging, keep digging. There's so much more there. And so I'd encourage you, if you haven't been around for the last few Sundays, grab the podcasts and listen to them. And I'm sure your revelation will be much different to mine. And so I'm not necessarily saying that this is a true reflection of of what Christian or Josh were trying to get across in their messages. But for me, it's what's resonated with my heart. And I guess I love Shannon's word this morning because I love how the Holy Spirit just confirms and confirms, and it's so confirmed what was on my heart and what's just been resonating with me for the last month. Um, Pastor Josh spoke out of Acts 16 with Paul and Silas in the prison, and we've all heard this story. And I think it was really great because for me, it really just put a new a new slant on it. You know, to actually shift our focus in this story, he made the point that uh, their freedom was found in their relationship with God, not their situation. You know, they were at complete peace. They had complete freedom because of who they were in Christ. When they worshipped, they became free. You know, that is powerful, such a powerful story. What defines your hope is who you're stuck in your situation with. And then he went on to say, we don't see the mission when we're consumed with getting free from our situation. You know, Paul clearly knew that his mission on that day was for that jailer and for that that jailer's family to be set free, saved and baptized into the kingdom of God. Amen. So that's where his complete and total view was. But I love that he got to do the journey with Silas. God knew that in that dark pit that Paul needed someone to stand beside him knew that he needed someone that when he was deep, dark in that prison cell, needed someone's voice to cry out praise and worship to God with him. Christian then went on uh, the next week, I think it was, and preached out of Philippians 4. And he challenged us all, we need bigger problems. And we're all sitting there and we're going, what the? Like seriously, we need bigger problems. Have you met me? Have you met my problems? Do you not realise Philippians 4 says, I've learned, Christian read it this morning, I've learned whatever state I'm in to be content. I've learned to be full and I've learned to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. Do you know what resonated with me out of this Philippians 4 is in verse 14. It says, nevertheless, you've done well that you shared in my distress. Because what Christian read this morning, Paul says, I don't seek your gift. I don't need anything from you. Right now, I actually abound in everything. I have everything that I need. But what I do love is that you stepped into my situation with me. You stepped into my need with me. You didn't just say, here, here's some food to feed your belly. You said, no, let me inconvenience my life and let me step into that prison cell with you. 
And then Josh last week preached on the communion of the saints, loving God and loving people, which is our mandate at Noosa COC. And he preached out of Zechariah, a great place to grow up in and a great place to grow old in. Loving God is a life of worship. Being part of a community is worth more than it costs. We need to, to get better at the communion of the saints so that we find strength for the journey, hope in the face of disparity, and peace in the midst of our challenges. So for me, as I ponder over these last messages from the last couple of months, if I'm Paul, who is my Silas that's sitting beside me in chains, singing praise and glory to God? If I'm Paul, who is my church in the Philippians church who shared in my distress? And if I'm Zachariah, who am I growing up with and who am I growing old with? Who is in my community around about me? And I believe that therein lies one of our greatest challenges because I think that our modern society has lost the art of community. Now, don't get me wrong. When I talk about community, I'm not saying I want to live with you all in the same house because I really don't. I love you, but I also love my space. So I'm not talking about that. Our definition of community is a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. The people of a district or country considered collectively, especially in the context of social values and responsibilities. The condition of sharing or having certain attributes and interests in common. I think one of our greatest challenges with community is it actually requires something of us, doesn't it? It requires us to get our hands dirty. It requires us to get uncomfortable. It actually requires us to look outside of our circumstances. And that's where I love that story um, with Philippians 4 that Christian preached out of. Paul is saying, you, you entered my distress with me. You stepped into it. You stepped into this mess. You stepped into my greatest challenge. You stepped into my world. You didn't just look from the outside and, and throw me a few scriptures and say, you know what, God's there for you. He's walking with you through this. He's going to supply all your needs. No. You actually chose to get uncomfortable yourself and step into these circumstances with me. Challenge is where we're at as a people is we live in a very broken world, don't we? And I think when we try and reconcile that, it tends to mess with our head, doesn't it? Because we think, God, why do bad things happen to good people? We struggle with these things. You know, why does this mighty person of faith die of cancer? You know, there's so many of those questions that time and time again we wrestle with. And everyone, you know, I... I I would dare to say that I am yet to meet one person that within their world, they're not dealing with something massive. You know, I was talking with, with some work colleagues the other day and uh, majority of them unsaved. And one guy, his um, wife's got terminal cancer. The other guy, um, his wife, she was a police officer and she's now struggling with PTSD. The other guy's in major marriage crisis and the other one is in major financial crisis. And then the lady that works for me, her daughter is going through a very messy separation, has MS and two little kids. 
This is just the people in my work life. My God, that's massive. It's not little. And I'm sure for each and every one of you sitting out there, that's you or people in your world that you're walking with. Because there's big stuff that we're all walking through. None of us are exempt. None of us get out of life unscathed. This world is a broken place. And we actually need to come to terms with the fact that here and now, it's not going to change. Our hope and our vision needs to constantly be on what comes next. Because otherwise, I'm getting bogged down in the brokenness. I'm becoming disillusioned by the challenges that good people are constantly facing time and time again. I believe that God's given us tools in his word of how we walk through the brokenness of this world. And it's in a way that gives glory to him and it brings healing to us. If you turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 58... I love this scripture and I've been pondering on it the last couple of weeks and been talking about it with a few people and starts off that the children of Israel are crying out to God, God, we're doing all of these things. We're coming before you. We're seeking your face. Why are you not listening to us? Why are you not hearing us? And then I want to pick up in verse six where God is responding and he's saying, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked that you cover him, and do not hide yourself from your own flesh, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then they shall call on the Lord, and he will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall break, uh, shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. You know, Israel's concept of worship was so wrong. They were constantly coming before God. They were sacrificing. They were fasting regularly. They were doing all the right actions. But in many ways, their work spoke of their real heart. They were selfish, ignoring putting others first. They were putting their needs first. The challenge is we totally get that, don't we? Because when we're sick, when we're depressed, when we're in lack When we're having relationship challenges, we pull back, we retreat, we hide, we cover our faces. Human instinct is to pull back, to retreat, 
It's actually built within each and every one of us. We go and hide. But how often in the midst of our challenges have we then cried out and said, God, where are you? Where are you in the midst of what I'm walking through? Why aren't you here with me now? God, I'm crying out to you and I'm hearing nothing. You're saying nothing, you're doing nothing and you supposedly care about me. You know, that verse 7 of that scripture resonates with me. Do not hide yourself from your own flesh. Do not retreat. Do not run away from mankind. God is saying here that when we take care of those in our world, then our light shall break forth like the morning. Then our healing or our restoration shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. And you shall cry and he will say, here I am. You will cry out to God and he will say, here I am. That answer that you've been seeking for, the one that you've been seeking for, he will say, here I am. I read this great story in the week. There is a famous um, psychiatrist, Dr. Carl Meninger, and he once gave a lecture on medical health and answered questions from the audience. Someone asked, what would you advise a person to do if that person felt a nervous breakdown coming on? Most people thought he would say, go and see a psychiatrist immediately, but he didn't. To their astonishment, Dr. Carl replied, lock up your house, go across the railroad tracks, find somebody in need and help that person. Dr. Carl had a firm grasp on the fact that helping others is oftentimes the best way to help oneself. Isn't that powerful? For a psychiatrist to say, you know what? The answer's not in drugs. The answer's not in sitting and talking about it in my office. The answer is actually for you not to hide yourself from mankind, but to actually jump into the mess of mankind. How often do we see messy situations and we go, I can't go there. I've got my own mess over here and I don't actually know how to clean up my own mess. So there's no way I can deal with your mess. It's just too overwhelming, isn't it? Beautiful thing that I love about this is God didn't intend for us to walk through our mess alone. He didn't intend for Paul to be in the prison cell on his own. He said, you know what, Paul? I'm going to give you Silas. Because you and Silas together are going to praise and glorify my name. And you watch what's going to come out of that. You think about it. If you're Paul sitting in that prison cell, you have the choice. Am I going to throw a pity party and a tantrum right now and go, God, I've been doing your work. I've been faithfully doing what it is that you've called me to do. Why on earth am I sitting in this prison cell? Or, God, you're bigger than this prison cell. I've no idea what this prison cell is going to do. And all I can do while I'm shackled right now is actually glorify your name.
So powerful. So powerful. And each and every day, you and I have that exact same choice. But who knows that, again, our, our wonderful human instinct just defaults to that pity party so quickly, don't we? And do you know what? Rightly so. Our circumstances are hard. The things that we're walking through are hard. The things that your family are walking through, your work colleagues, people in your world, it's hard. It's messy. It's broken. We don't know how to reconcile that. We don't know how to explain that. We don't know what to do with that. So it upsets our world. So in that, we wrestle and we wrestle and we wrestle. So I'm not saying that what you're going through needs to be pushed to the side and that you need to, to belittle it or that you need to size it up against what other people are going through or anything like that. Depending on the season that we're going through, we all have very different capacity in that season. If you're dealing with, with chronic health issues... It's not a season for you to lend a hand to that single mum wrestling their little kids to the floor. It's not a season for you to, to be helping out that, that sick and elderly person clean their house. That's not for you to do in this season. But what can you do? Like Shannon said this morning, while she's about her task, God drops someone into her spirit and she goes, you know what, I can get on the phone. Right now, I can ring this person and I can encourage them. And you know, that was the exact thing that that person needed in that moment. That person didn't need someone to, to wrestle her kids or, or, to, or to have words with her husband or to you know, clean her house or whatever it was. That person in that moment simply needed to know God sees you. God sees what you're walking through right now. God sees your struggles they are very real struggles. And God says, I'm here. I'm here. Don't walk away. Right now, you feel like you're crying out and I'm not answering. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to send Shannon. And Shannon's going to reassure you that I am hearing. I'm God and I care and I'm walking through this. And do you know what? I'm not asking you to walk through it alone because I'm sending the greatest of my prayer warriors to walk through this with you. I can assure you that that is not the last time that Shannon's going to talk to that lady. She's going to be texting and ringing that lady and she's going to be walking through this lady's mess with her until the redemptive hand of God lifts out their relationship out of that pit. And all praise and glory to him. Because that's what's in her hand. That's what God's called her to in this season. I can assure you that Shannon's walking through her own stuff. But who's God sending to Shannon to walk through Shannon's mess with Shannon? Who's God tapping on the shoulder this morning and saying, you know what? I get that you've got your stuff. And I'm loving you and I'm walking through your stuff with you. But I've actually called you to not hide yourself from man. I've called you to roll up your sleeves. And yet, we're going to get dirty. 
We're going to get mud under our fingernails. We're going to break a few fingernails. It's going to be dirty. But it's what I'm calling you to do. There is no season of life or situation that gives us permission to do nothing. And that's where our biggest battle is going to occur. When you wake up every morning, you're going to have to battle that very normal human feeling that we all face that says, I just need to focus on my stuff today. I need to fix my stuff today. I need to sort this stuff today. Because it's the first thing that screams at us. As soon as we open our eyes and we come into consciousness again, oh, my problems from yesterday, they didn't leave. They haven't gone anywhere. They're still screaming in my face each and every day. But you know what I find also is amazing human ability that God's put within each and every one of us? is a strength that we actually don't realise until the moment that we possess. You know those superhuman people that can lift a car off a dying person if the situation requires it? You don't know you have that superhuman strength until you're actually called to use it. And that's what I love about God. Is God goes, your stuff and your mess, it's all consuming right now. You feel like it's using every ounce of energy that you've got in your body, just trying to keep walking each and every day. But God says, do you know what? There's some superhuman strength within you that unless you're faced with a situation where you have to use it, you don't actually tap into it. We don't actually realise that it's there. Because it's, it's too easy you know, for, for all of us, I, I, I challenge myself most of all. You know, I, I look back on my last couple of months and I go, I've spent more time on the couch than off the couch. And do you know what? I've got all the excuses in the world. I'm pregnant. What more of an excuse do I have? You want to puke your guts up every day without... Drugs, I sleep four hours a night. It's not enough. You know, I, I can lift, list off all the excuses as to why I need to take it easy. I need to slow down. I have a two-year-old that I'm running. All of these things. But you know what? I think back to my first pregnancy with Arabella. And I think I was the same. And I was sick. Josh was off having his midlife crisis climbing Kilimanjaro. And uh, I was left with the, my own responsibilities and his responsibilities. And I'll never forget that, that week when I'm feeling at the lowest of lows, had no idea that I was pregnant, trying to figure out why this stomach bug was going on and on and on and why I felt so rotten. It was in that week that I got the phone call from Bev about a beautiful Keith getting diagnosed with cancer. And I'll never forget those days of, you know, my patheticness of wanting to lie on the couch and curl up and not face the world, but going, I'm going to that hospital. 
I'm going to enter into their mess. I'm going to enter what they're walking through. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to sit. And each and every day I'm going to do what it is that I need to do. And you find the strength to do it, don't you? No longer am I feeling like I can't move off the couch. I've actually got the energy to drive to Nambour Hospital and, and to enter into someone else's circumstances. But then I flip back to this pregnancy and there's been so many days where I've just allowed myself to sleep on the couch and, and not get up and not enter into people's mess. So we all do it, don't we? We all give ourselves that permission. But even if I didn't feel like I could get off the couch, I can be praying for someone, I can be ringing them, whatever it may be. So again, I'm not belittling what we're walking through, but I'm saying God's supernatural strength is so sufficient in our moments. But when I'm sitting on the couch, I don't need his supernatural strength to sit on the couch. I need his supernatural strength when I'm stepping into somebody's brokenness or the mess of their life or whatever it may be. So God says, okay, when you step into that, then my grace is sufficient. Then you have everything that you need to walk through those moments. I think as Christians, we get bogged down and we get our focus in the wrong places. Like the children of Israel in Isaiah, going, God, we're doing all of these things. We're, we're praying, we're fasting, but why are you not listening? Why are you not doing anything? And I think, you know, often we're going, God, I'm seeking you about what job I'm meant to do and I'm meant to, am I meant to marry this man or not marry this man? Am I meant to have children now? Where am I going to go on holidays? What am I going to do? With all due respect, I feel like God's sitting up there going, I don't care. I really do not care. And you can have it out with me later if you want to about that. Because God's saying, if I did, and I, don't get me wrong, I've met that person. I've met that person that says, you know, God clearly told me to move to Brisbane and, and take this job or clearly told me to marry this man. Did God tell me to marry Josh? For goodness sake, no. Did I pray about it? I don't think so. Thank God it all worked out. You know what I mean? But do I wake up every day and do I go, okay, Holy Spirit, it's you and me today. It's you and me walking through this day. It's me drawing on your wisdom. So as I face this decision and go, am I going to marry this man or am I going to move to Brisbane or am I going to take this job or whatever it may be? Holy Spirit, you're guiding me. You're leading me. Because I think that we use it as an excuse. I'm waiting to hear from God. I could still be waiting to hear from God as to whether I should have married Josh or not. Would we all agree that it turned out okay? Because I think that God clearly outlines the answers to those questions in his word. 
Micah 6.8, he says, I've shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of me? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. So whether you take this job or this job, I don't care. Do justice. Have mercy. Love me. That's what I care about. The vehicle, if I care about the vehicle, if I care about the means for you to go and do these things, yes, I will tell you. I'll write it in the sky. I'll send someone to intervene in your life, whatever it may be. But keep walking and do what you do know that I've told you to do, which is actually to jump in others' mess, to not take yourself away from people. Like Christian said the other week, we need to get bigger problems. And when we get bigger problems, we actually shift the focus off ourselves onto other things, don't we? Because I think no matter how big or small our problems is, there's always something else. There's always something to walk through with somebody else. Or there's always a bigger vision. I can't remember who said it this morning. It must have been Shannon again. You know, God, God has a bigger vision for us all to step into. Each and every one of us. Not one of us is on this planet just to take up space just to bide time, whatever it may be. Can I get the worship team to come up? I love the final promise in Isaiah 58, starting at verse 12. Those from among you shall build up the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called repairer of the breach, restorer of the streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honourable, and honour him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasures, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to rise on the, ride on the high hills of the earth. And I'll feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. And the mouth of the Lord has spoken. On a side note, I think I'm going to preach next time about the Sabbath. I know we're not under the law. I know we don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But I think in that scripture, God's giving us something there and says, you know what? There's actually something in honouring the Lord's day. There's something about putting aside our own pleasure for a day and going, God, today is your day. God is a God of restoration and we actually get to partner with him to help create something beautiful out of the broken. We shall build up the old waste places. We shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called repairer of the breach and restorer of the streets to dwell in. You're not here to take up space. You're not here to do nothing. God has a mission for each and every one of us. And God is all about restoring brokenness. For us to restore brokenness, for us to rebuild, we've got to get our hands dirty. We've got to pick up 
a stone and place it upon the foundation. We've got to pick up the next one and we've got to place it stone by stone, layer upon layer, precept upon precept. This is what he's called us to, to rebuild these foundations. We are all about loving God, loving people. Nusa COC, this is what God has called us to. He's called us to love him, to put him first. But by truly loving him and worshipping him, he's calling us to jump into each other's mess, to not walk away from it, to declare that my God is bigger. Will you stand to your feet this morning? Again, I know you're walking through some big stuff. And don't get me wrong this morning. I care about that stuff you're walking through. God cares about that stuff you're walking through. He's going to meet you in that. But he's going to send along your Silas. He's going to send along that one that's going to walk through with you. My challenge to you is, where is your Paul? You are Silas. You need to find your Paul that God is sending you to this week, who you can encourage, who you can put your hand to the plow, whatever it may be, whatever God is calling you in this season, your capacity is going to change in every season. But our prayer has to be, God, what is it in this season that you're calling me to? Thank you, God. God, we just thank you. God, you are a magnificent God. God, you are so big. And Lord, we just thank you that your ways are so much higher than our ways. And God, we choose this day to wrestle with man's ways. We choose to wrestle against the flesh. We choose to wrestle against those desires that we wake up with every day. And God, we say, we want to step into your supernatural power today. Lord, we want to roll up our sleeves. We want to jump in the mess with somebody else. God, what is it that you're calling us to today? Lord, what is it that you're calling us to walk through? Holy Spirit, you are the one that is leading and guiding us every day. It doesn't need to be written in the sky. It doesn't need to be shouted from the rooftops. God, open our eyes. Open our eyes to humanity around about us. Open our eyes to our brother. God, I pray that we would never enter into this house without truly seeing those around about us. God, you've called us to do life with our brothers and our sisters in this place. Lord, that we would never take that for granted. So God, I thank you for each and every person in this place. I thank you that you care about them. Lord, I thank you that you care about what they're walking through. You care about their brokenness. You care about their mess, Father God. Lord, I thank you that you are stepping into that with them and you're sending others to walk with them, Father God. So, Father, we just thank you. Lord, for your goodness and your mercy each and every day, Father God. Lord, that you made an even greater way. Lord, we're just so in awe of you. And we praise you for who you are in this place today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you need some supernatural strength, then we would love to pray with you this morning.
You need to be able to go, God, whatever it is that, you know, I'm walking through right now is consuming me. But I want to step out of that. I want to step into something more. Then I encourage you, come. Let us pray with you this morning. Let us believe that God is a restoring God and he's going to redeem your situation. Let's worship him.